Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. My name is Stephen Beckman. I'm the chief executive nobody of the Mesh News Project. The Mesh News Project is the mothership of the Pro 2.0 podcast. You can hear more episodes of the Pro 2.0 podcast without an app at the address of podcasts with an S, podcasts dot COINTELPRO, the number two, and then zero spelled out, that's Z-E-R-O. So that's podcasts dot COINTELPRO, the number two, Z-E-R-O dot com. There's also some companion videos we have for the, the COINTELPRO 2.0, and that is at videos with an S, videos dot COINTELPRO, the number two, and then Z-E-R-O dot com, as well as just the online resource center that is COINTELPRO, the number two, and then ZERO.com. That is a great resource with articles and videos and podcasts all in one. And that is for people who are targets of gang stalking, mobbing, workplace harassment, um, tips and tricks and strategies for whistleblowers and government leakers and even journalists who might be under the thumb of oppressive means or uh, a large group of people who would employ these tactics even on the corporate side, seeing as COINTELPRO 2.0 tactics are also used on targets that, you know, a corporation might deem as a threat or what have you. And since the commercialization of the military industrial complex, these services are available to those who run in those kinds of circles. So visit the website, check out the resource. That's COINTELPRO, the number two, ZERO.com. Hey, boys and girls, I am here to teach you something about priming the zeitgeist. I'm here to teach you today about priming the zeitgeist. Today's episode is about priming the zeitgeist. I said it three times so you'll remember the term. What is priming the zeitgeist and why is it important? Well, priming the zeitgeist is important, especially if you're a whistleblower. The reason being is priming the zeitgeist is something that will be used on you when a government is going after you because you have blown the whistle on some information. What the media will do, what media plants will do, what Mockingbird Media will do, excuse me, is they will begin a smear of you and your character if you are a whistleblower. And the and the, the talking heads in the media will try to prime the public about you or a smear they're about to engage in or an idea they want you to have about a person, but they want to get your engine running. They want to get your engine warmed up, kind of like a diesel engine. A diesel engine, if you don't know, if you've never driven a diesel, you have to. It 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 runs best. Uh, a diesel truck, if you didn't haven't started it all night or what have you, when you get in it, you want to start it up and you want to let it uh, idle for you know a good ten minutes before you drive it all day long for work or what have you. That's wise for that. But uh, you have to, essentially though, you have to get something ready for a task or activity or participation. 
So let's break this up into pieces. What is um, behavioral priming? This is behavioral priming. Hi everyone, it's Yanis here, and in this video, we will explore what is priming and how it affects our everyday life. We will look at some examples to see how it works and how we can take advantage of it. If this is your first time on this channel, then make sure you subscribe and hit the bell icon to get updates on my latest videos about time management and productivity. Priming is a phenomenon whereby exposure to one stimulus influences the response to the subsequent stimulus without conscious guidance and intention. To a certain extent, priming is all our previous experiences. We prime ourselves with the previous actions and experiences. Let me give you a quick example to illustrate. You walk in a shop and you see oranges. You haven't really eaten oranges for a while and you get a big bag with them. You get home and you can't wait to peel some and enjoy sweet and juicy fruits. But to your surprise, they turn out to be dry and not tasty at all. We can say that at this point, you have been primed with this experience. The next time you will see oranges, it's likely that you will remember this experience. Priming works most effectively when two stimuli are in the same modality. For example, visual priming works the best with visual cues and verbal priming works best with verbal cues. You can use priming to your advantage and prime yourself mentally for the upcoming experiences. For example, if you know that you will have to write the blog post, then you can prime yourself for this activity. You can think about how you'll prepare your workstation, open your laptop, create new document and start typing. It's a little bit like creating a mental model or visualizing where you prepare yourself for upcoming activity. I hope that you enjoyed this video and I was able to give you a quick overview about what priming is. So that's essentially behavioral priming is they give you a stimuli to get you ready for your next activity. It is something that's leveraged by corporations um, in a very nefarious way. And particularly in my documentary that I made last year, my film, last year's film, essentially my annual film that I make about the um, what was censored in the news cycle. Um, we learned about something called beha uh, surveillance capitalism. And how they use behavioral priming, like like little tiny nudges, and to get you to do things, to buy things, etc. And it's this huge market, and this and data mining, behavioral data mining is now worth more than the oil market. Big data is bigger than big oil, believe it or not, because if a company knows how to prime and direct your behavior. They can predict your behavior. So if I buy the rights to Frank and I want to, and the rights to Frank's behavioral data cost me 50 cents and I want to influence him to buy a Ford truck for $50,000 fully loaded, um, that's money well worth it. And then I can essentially buy his data, put him into a uh, behavioral nudging ad funnel, and then tap him towards that direction. It's incredibly lucrative and it's a proven science. So that's what behavioral priming is because I want you to look at both 
tense of the phrase I'm using because I am essentially creating this phrase. I'm mashing up two cycle, two proven behavioral science practices to demonstrate um, something to you so you'll understand when you see it. If you happen to be someone who essentially is a leaker or a whistleblower um, and you've been put into this program and your only way out is by gaining attention to make sure you don't end up taking a dirt nap. So that's the first thing. Behavioral priming, priming, priming. Remember, this this podcast is about priming the zeitgeist. What is what is the zeitgeist? Let's learn about what is the zeitgeist. Hi, students. The zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. This is a German word. This is pure German. Um, the spirit of the age, the feeling, the idea, the main thought, the main spirit of a group of people. So, I don't know, what is the zeitgeist in America at the moment? Probably USA and kill the terrorist and defend the people, defend the USA. What's the zeitgeist in Europe at the moment? In Spain, certainly. Crisis. What am I going to do? The crisis. There's a crisis. Um, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. Um, a political party could have a zeitgeist. Yeah? What is the zeitgeist of the political left? Um, okay, the spirit of the age, the feeling, yeah, the, the motivation of people, yeah, what makes people work. So isn't, that's from, uh, I swear English, he's an English teacher online, but essentially zeitgeist is the, the emotional state or the emotional temperature of, of like a nation or large group of people during a particular period of time. So, behavioral priming. You learned what that is, what priming is, and you know what the zeitgeist is. Let me go ahead and introduce you to how priming the zeitgeist works. And I'm going to use a contemporary example. The massive crowd in New York City's Union Square formed in minutes. Thousands of young people who showed up for a PlayStation giveaway, planned and promoted by Kai Sinat, a popular internet streamer with millions of followers. We'll be doing a huge giveaway. Once the people for the giveaway started coming out, that's when like things started to get out of control. People started pushing and stuff. This event grew exponentially rapidly police say some in the crowd started throwing supplies from a nearby construction site and lit fireworks as the chaos grew the nypd deployed drones and mobilized a thousand officers some of whom were injured police cars were destroyed i had thousands of kids out there i needed thousands of parents out there all right the giveaway never happened sanat himself posting this video on his screen when he was removed from the scene, the crowd started to disperse and spread to nearby blocks. People seen climbing on outdoor restaurants, grabbing plates from diners, and throwing them at officers. Civilians were injured, too. Where did they hit you, sir? 
Police say they made at least 65 arrests, 30 of them juveniles, and Sanat will face charges for the unpermitted event. Uh, at least two counts of um, inciting a riot, unlawful assembly. An out-of-control crowd in the middle of Manhattan. Okay, so pay attention there. This huge event, every YouTuber I know was covering it, etc. There was a reason for it. So he, so that YouTuber, Kai Sinat, um, is going to get charged with inciting a riot. And then they had this big demonstration in New York, etc. about a riot happening and all the chaos and, and the torment and how they were mean to people. And it destroyed property. And then the, the chief, uh, the, the, the precinct uh, head of NYPD was like, I needed people out there and done it right, right? Making it seem like, you know what I'm saying, causing a large crowd to do something uh, is, very, uh, is, is a bad thing to do and you are a bad person, You're, you hurt people, etc. Essentially, this situation was magnified in the media. I mean, yes, it was it was quite the situation and I'm not trying to say they didn't use conclusive ambushing and if you're curious what conclusive ambushing is, you definitely should be listening to our podcast starting at the first episode and working your way to this one. I know I have like 400 and something episodes, but what can I say, man? I went through quite a unique situation and literally nobody has data on this and I bring all my sources. I I can't help but not share this stuff. Anyways, um, who's, who knows if, um, Online provocateurs uh, ended up promoting the shit out of this on purpose. Uh, things that we have learned from like the Facebook files and the Twitter files is that the um, FBI, which works closely with social media uh, social media outlets, chooses what posts it allows to go viral. Did you know that going viral is no longer um, something that happens because you made this great piece of content. The government, which works closely with the platforms, decides what they want to go viral now. They decide whether they're going to step on your profile or let things through. These are proven um, These are proven processes that happen in our social media um, platforms. It's proven. It's proven there's been uh, hearings in DC about it, etc. These are proven things. So the same way that agent provocateurs let things get out of hand at like at a protest and turn it into a riot because cops want to go in there and break shit up. So what they do is they have undercover cops go in there and start smashing up windows as we, you know what I'm saying, as um, explained on the Joe Rogan show many times when he was talking about the George Floyd riots and, you know, etc., is they go up and they start, the cops start smashing up windows. So then the cops can be like, look, we had to go in there. We had to fuck everyone up because people were starting shit up. That's why we overreacted, um, et cetera. So the same way that happens, who's to say that since we know that social media companies, it's been proven, let shit through the internet when they decide what does and doesn't go viral now. Who's to say that they, you know, regardless of the fact that he is popular, who's to say that they didn't let that get out of control ahead of time purposefully so a large crowd sets up and then 
what actually started the riot, what they said was people from a construction site started throwing things into a crowd and that's what started the riot. Who's to say those people weren't cops? Regardless, that happened and it was all over the media. Everyone was covering it. And what that does is that rises to the surface of the, of the, of the contemporary zeitgeist or people's general thing. Like what is the general talking point? What is the, what is the emotion of what is what is the 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 water temperature of the common consensus of current events and at the same time what was also very popularized it was trump inciting a riot on january 6th with his trial in new york so basically what was most likely done was they elevated this situation, turned it into a riot so they can turn it into a media event to bring the zeitgeist temperature up to remind everybody, because it's been a while since we've seen a riot, you know, pretty much January 6th, um, and bring and have a reason to bring that up, to have it percolate up through everything else in the media news cycle. So we get reminded of what a riot looks like. Then we get reminded of, oh, January 6th, Etc. And then Trump's trial also starts in New York. One of his charges is planning an insurrection, basically uh, a very spicy riot. The reason for that is because we're understanding that whoever is in power in the government now also harnesses the media apparatus. We have feds and intelligence people working within the social media platforms. And we know from the church committee hearings that the CIA and FBI essentially has a fuck ton of plants inside media organizations to control the media. So basically, whoever has control, whoever, whoever, whoever has control of, you know, what I'm saying the White House essentially controls that. So if Trump was in here there, he would be doing that to his enemies. In fact, part of the Twitter file shows that the Trump administration also used that influence of FBI and intelligence agents working within social media platforms to step on people they didn't like. So it gets used by both sides. It's not like a one-sided thing. But the reason why I'm bringing it up. So that essentially is why um Kai Sinet's right that he incited got brought up to got brought up into the media and and reached the level that it did and there are many things and many and many processes that prove how they allow that stuff to get out of hand and their and the fact that they use very many assets at their disposal to elevate the the conflict level of an otherwise just group of kids trying to get free shit, right? So the riot didn't start until people started throwing shit out of a construction site into the crowd. Who's to say who those people were? But we also know that that information wouldn't have garnered so much, so many eyes or gotten so out of control unless there were people in the comments section, unless they let those posts go viral, etc. Because the U.S. government has control of those things. And the U.S. government isn't a bunch of retards. They're not just over, you know, over there in the social media companies going, Oh, what do we do now? What's, what, what's the thing that we do now today? They know all about behavioral engineering and social psychology. They know how it works in the digital age. They, 
They, the U.S. government doesn't allow things that it can't control to run free. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Which is why Bitcoin is this unfortunate... Uh, unfortunately, now the big banks are getting involved. I guarantee you this is because they are hoping that they could maintain manipulation of the currency price if they can't themselves manipulate the distribution of it. Anything that can't be controlled is feared by people who love to control things. Okay. So, that's essentially priming the zeitgeist. Is whoever's in the White House... This is his enemy. This is the guy he thinks that he's going to go up against. So he's using these tools at his disposal to elevate a situation to critical. So not only does it get media coverage, but it will remind people of the thing of the guy he's going after. At the same time, literally within the same news cycle, Trump is facing those the same exact charges in court. And that's also a major story. But we have to be, as a people, we have to be reminded of things so then the government can manipulate us into how we should think about something. They want to tell us how we should think about a thing. That is essentially priming the zeitgeist. This happens, too, quite a bit before presidents even become presidents. Um, Leading up to Donald Trump becoming president, we had power figures. You know, first and foremost, Trump had to, on the world stage, show that he was a leader. You know, and so his show, um, The Apprentice, uh, showed that he was a leader. Right. So they're solidifying those behavioral attributes in our brain about this guy. Simultaneously, at the same time, the extreme macho figures in media were all people named Don or Donald or Donovan, etc. Like Ray Donovan, uh, Don Draper, etc. They're essentially priming us to start thinking of people named Don, Donald, etc. As people who are not only sought after, but are people who get things done. They're people who are in control and they are smart business people and they know what they're talking about. This happens... Like anybody who's trying to run for president and they have a serious shot at it, will make will have these mechanisms in the media functioning quite a few years before they even enter the arena. And this is on purpose because you have to build like it's like building a house. You have to build from the foundation all the way up until you get to the roof. And when you get to the roof, and that's when you call in your guy. Essentially, they're priming our behavior. Um priming the zeitgeist. They're priming all the people to accept something subconsciously and they don't realize that that's essentially what's happening. So why does priming the zeitgeist, why does that matter for you? If you're in this program, COINTELPRO 2.0, specifically if you're a leaker or a whistleblower, well, most likely what you're going to do is you're going to do something like Edward Snowden did or uh, what Julian Assange did. By the way, free Assange um, bring Snowden home. But priming the zeitgeist is important because what they essentially will try to do is to prime, they, they're going to come up with a smear. Like for Julian Assange, it was that he was a rapist 
And that's why he, um, that's why he was in the embassy. It's because he was this dirty rapist. Yes, he was a leaker. And he leaked all these documents that pissed the fucking CIA off. But he was actually trying to seek asylum in the in the Ecuadorian embassy because he was just a sexual deviant. Right? That was the narrative. But then we find out that the CIA was planning to shoot the tires out on his plane um, if they had to. They were going to assassinate him. Like, really? If, if Homeboy isn't a big deal, then how come you're calling out all the big guns, bro? How come all the attention? That's really weird for someone you don't care about. But essentially, there was a time when there was constantly sexual assault in the news. The reason why, at the time, before people started wising up to like, no, this is happening because the U.S. government is pissed off and they don't want and that Julian Assange published so much stuff and put so much egg on the face of the US intelligent apparatus and the US military apparatus and made the George W Bush administration look like a bunch of war pigs and I, and you know you really have to understand like they're the modern kings essentially we can call them the president but let's call them what they are they're kings they're kings they're just it's just another fancy word for king. I mean, do you really think um President Z of China is the president or would you look at him more like a king? Okay. So these are kings. The king does not like his legacy to be stained. That's why George Bush had all these photo ops. Remember, a lot of people made fun of the mission accomplished photo op, etc. Legacy is extremely important for presidents. Extremely fucking important for presidents. Especially ones whose daddies used to be the head of the CIA, right? And then he became the vice president, and then his daddy became the president, and then the CIA put his name on the building. The building is literally named the George H.W. George H. W. Bush CIA building. People in the intelligence community are not fucking impressed with shit. So for them to put that motherfucker's name on the building is huge. Whatever he had, whatever he did um, to impress those motherfuckers, uh, it must have been substantial. But so basically, he's that family's political royalty. That family had so much power. They stole an election in front of everyone. Everyone just knew they stole the election. They just knew it. Everyone was just like, yeah, fucking he, Al Gore got voted the president. Literally everyone on election night in 2000 went to bed thinking Al Gore was going to be the next president. And then we all woke up to, I don't know, there's hanging chads and we need to maybe recount these ballots and what. Like, And essentially the intelligence apparatus just said, no, 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 no. The people chose the wrong guy. We're going to now make us go through this emergency drama process to make us understand that this is going to be the guy. There's no such thing as elections. There's selections. So that ultimately you have to understand is, I mean, yes, he did publish quite a bit of intelligence documents, but me personally, my personal opinion, regardless of the fact that how brave this guy was. He was basically just hopping from hotel to hotel 
in Europe um, and around the world publishing this information, risking his life, bro, risking his life. Um, Julian Assange really is a genuine hero. Anyways, but he also tarnished the reputation of Bush's mission accomplished war. And if you know anything about what Bush does to people who smear his name, you can just look at what he did to the fucking Dixie Chicks as something as simple. Like, if you don't know who the Dixie Chicks are, is think of Taylor Swift, a country version of Taylor Swift, but there's three of them. So during Bush administration, during the Bush administration, the Dixie Chicks were the hot shit. They were, there was like three Tay-Tays, um, but they were, had like country twang. They just basically said something in a microphone at a concert of one of theirs saying they're embarrassed to be from Texas because that's where the president's from. And it was a fucking media blowout. They got death threats. There were people holding rallies using bulldozers to run over their CDs and shit like insane. Just for saying, just for using their first amendment right against the Bush family. That's how big of a deal it is to this family who, let's not forget, Daddy was the head of the CIA. Then Daddy became the vice president during uh, uh, the Reagan era. Then he became the president. Then they put his name on the fucking CIA building. Then he forced the entire country to make his son president in front of the world. That's how much power these people have. They care greatly about their legacy. So, essentially, what Assange did was it massively stained this war that was happening. He exposed it for the forever, that it was a forever war, that it was a money laundering operation, that they were killing thousands of American soldiers, that these people murdered 3,000 people in front of the world to have a cause for a war that wasn't real. Then we went after a guy who wasn't even the guy who went after us, etc. And... And this guy posed for a photo op. Just type it up. George Bush, mission accomplished. It's hilarious. Because he understand. Because that family understands legacy. Do you understand? They understand history, etc. That's why he posed for that photo. Even though contemporarily, mission was not fucking accomplished. He wanted the photo, right? Because they know, you know, who controls the past, who controls the future, who controls the present, now controls the past. You know that great... Um, Rage Against the Machine lyric, inspired by uh, the novel 1984. So, that family cares intensely about their legacy, etc. And this was supposed to be a just war. He used the words like freedom fighters. They 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 hate our freedom. Uh, the terrorists hate our freedom, and all sorts of shit. Like it was crazy. This but this family cares deeply about their legacy, and when you tarnish that great example is of the Dixie Chicks, and you can check that out in my film 2020 Vision. You can go watch that right now at meshnews.org. You scroll down, it shows all my films that I've made. Um, by the way, just to remind you, I created 2020 Vision so I could input a leak of information that I was made privy to that pretty much ruined my fucking life. So I had to create this huge documentary and stuff it in the middle of it in order to 
upload it and hide it on the internet because every chance I was trying to upload very small pieces of this because after I went through hell trying to go to the media, um, I had to invent this film, 2020 Vision. I just invented it. I was like, how was I going to get it? I was going to put it up. I was going to literally was thinking about in putting it in between uh, porn. I was going to think about like, how do I get this information out? Uploaded somewhere, at least published. Um, it needs to go up because... You know, it was important that this, I just spoke of it and it ruined my life. Um, I was thinking about putting it up in porn, but then I was like, nah, I don't want to hurt that family's last name by associating it with porn. So I decided, I was like, well, what else could happen? And I started noticing that my NSA babysitters or the contractors who were paid to babysit me, they're lazy and they wouldn't necessarily, because whenever I would try to upload something, there would just be a hold on it. You know, like when you're uploading something and then the, and then the, the file you're uploading kind of goes like, kind of fades out to like half a like kind of gray to let it know like it's in the background working and it's uploading. You can't really do anything. You just got to wait. So I would pretty much upload things, but they would stay like that for two and three days. I go back to my account and then they would get approved. So basically what was happening is I was uploading things and they were holding them and they were just scouring over him. Is he, is he trying to say something to someone? Is he uploading information that shouldn't go out? Because like Jeb Bush was in the news cycle and the Bush family cares deeply about their legacy and their name. Um, so yeah, I was creating that film. So I noticed that whenever I uploaded very large things that they got approved very quickly instead of short videos. And I came to understand that that was my contracted babysitters because they legally couldn't do this to me. Um, so they, you know, contracted third party. Um, were lazy and they'd look at my shit if it was small, but they wouldn't look at it if it was big. And so once I started noticing that, I would download movies and then try to re-upload them. And I started making it. Once I noticed that, I started making it a habit. I started uploading big files constantly. And they're, these guys aren't there trying to watch a three-hour movie. They're trying. You have no idea how much money military and government con and, and security contractors, defense contractors make. They're not trying to work for that money either. Like the markup on shit, the price gouging is insane. These guys are making buckets of cash. So they don't work very hard either. On top of the insane overcharging they do to the U.S. government. It's just insane gouging. So I noticed that they're lazy. And so I took advantage of recognizing that pattern. And so I started uploading lots of large films and I they would just get approved. And at the same time, I started um, making a habit of making like, you know kind of uh, collusion poetry. Essentially, I would make these like video comps of like already pre-known and exposed news topics of like government corruption and what have you. And I got them into a habit of seeing that stuff. And so then I started clipping those things together and making mashups of these videos. And they got long, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I remember these guys would make, they would have these little profiles, these, these social profiles that they make. They would, you know, to like fuck with me online because they were already watching me. But if they wanted to say something to me or what have you, 
And they would, like, make fun of it and go in the comments and be like, oh, God, Steve uploaded his war poetry, some more war, uh, some more Iraq war poetry, and da-da-da, right? Like, making fun of it, etc. Because they didn't understand what the fuck I was doing. And so, finally, they started getting used to seeing hours of that stuff getting upload, uploaded. And my plan was, since they weren't letting, allowing me for a, quite a few years, even after the 2016 election when Jeb Bush was in the news cycle, which is what really their main concern was. Although they were keeping pressure on me because Liz Cheney was going to make a presidential run. I really don't see that bitch's head sticking out at the moment. That's kind of weird. Who else is ready for president right now? Hmm. Anyways, so um, I ended up injecting that leak into this large film that I made. I just called it 2020 Vision. And um, because I knew they weren't checking anything, and then that was my opportunity to slip it into the middle of this large film. I knew they weren't going to watch of a particular type of content that they kind of saw as like some emo shit, some emo hippie, hippie, you know, war poetry shit, right? Like anti-war poetry, you know, made for, you know, with video and stuff. And uh, that's how I slipped it into the internet and tried getting it uploaded everywhere. So anyways, that's the whole story behind the 20, uh, 20, uh, 20, 20, 30 vision movie series is it was essentially, that's how I fucking snuck the fucking Mona Lisa onto the internet. But it just so happens that people enjoyed the, some people enjoyed the film. I mean, the 2020 vision, uh, film series got like, what was that? Like 500,000 views on Twitter. And a couple thousand on YouTube, etc. Mainly on Twitter. And then the second film, I uh, criticized the Bushes and Cheneys quite a bit. And um, that film only got like 250,000 views. But then um, uh, the third film that came around, like they just massively stepped on it. I think I... I, I don't. I think that they're just they're they're tired after they realized this. Like I said, this is only until after they realized that the first film. This is already two years in of me making films. The first film was actually literally just um, a way I I hid a piece of information that they've been they were trying desperately to keep off the internet that tarnishes the uh, Bush and Cheney family legacy because that family does not uh, like their name tarnished. Essentially. Anyways, that was a whole backstory. I just like to remind people, people don't understand where these films even came from. Uh, Originally, they came from to sneak on a piece of information, which was essentially just fucking banned from the internet. No matter what I did to try to upload this information, they were using face detecting algorithms. If I included videos with JFK Jr.'s face on it, or if I made any uh, videos with Bush's faces on it, whatever, like, it was crazy. I, I had this whole podcast series where I go over some of the nuances and things that I, I, I had to teach. Anyways, long story longer, you can learn about surveillance capitalism in my latest 2030 vision film. Um, this one's been stepped on quite a bit. They've been keeping me really fucking broke. Social media is not allowing me to allow these to gain traction. I've had to essentially resort to posting it fucking everywhere since I literally can't even fucking buy ads to promote this shit. It's crazy, dude. Anyways, long story longer, like I said, and the and the last film that you can watch at 20, uh, at 
that you can watch at meshnews.org. While I'm, you're going to see uh, a site that I'm currently building, but I have at least a hold page where I put all my films that you can watch that while we're building our new version of the website. Uh, you can see, learn all about surveillance capitalism and how they use behavioral priming to essentially guarantee elections, guarantee you're going to buy something, and they can do it all through behavioral influence. And it's taken lots of things that the CIA has learned over the past 70 years of behavioral manipulation, and they're applying it to commerce. And many of these companies, I guarantee you many of these companies, just like Twitter, just like Facebook, who have FBI agents at, etc., they're most likely ran by spooks. The U.S. government loves to take technology that they've matured and commercialize it. And intelligence agencies, you know what I'm saying, essentially don't, if they can if they can create a company that makes money, they can then use that money to fund operations and they don't have to tell Congress what they're doing. That's the law, believe it or not. Literally, that's why the CIA has um, NQTEL, which is an investment arm, of the CIA is to fund companies that will then gain it profit, which it can use for collusion, uh, collusive operations throughout the United States that it doesn't have to report to Congress. That's literally how the world works in case you're wondering. Anyways, uh, you can learn all about that at the web, uh, at the website 20, I'm um, sorry, at the website meshnews.org. That's M E S H N E W S.org. So anyways, behavioral priming, they're essentially what that story was done with. It used, it used various methods to prime the media and prime uh, United States citizens to remind them of what a riot is. And they charged that man with inciting a riot. That's not to say that most likely what they did was use agent provocateurs online and at the riot, like, right, the riot didn't start until people just started throwing shit out of this construction site. And, um, so essentially that's what they did. They rose that story to prominence to essentially prime the zeitgeist or remind people of what inciting a riot is. And that's what they charged that man with. It was a huge scandal. Everyone covered it online, major news outlets, social media outlets, etc. So they engineer that and they make that go out of control. So because the current administration wants to ensure that people are reminded, this is why he's the bad man. In case you forgot why he's the bad man, we engineered this situation to get out of control to remind you why he's the bad man. Because as time wanes, you people tend to stop getting so emotionally tied up into things. So that's essentially priming the zeitgeist. But what will happen with you is like what will happen with uh, if you are a leaker or a whistleblower and you're in this program, Pro 2.0, is they will essentially prime the zeitgeist about a smear they're going to enact on you. And it's whatever they're going to try to get to stick. Remember, Joseph Goebbels, who was Hitler's right-hand man, the man who invented propaganda, uh, the United States, by the way, whenever you hear I'm in PR or I'm in public relations, that we literally changed the term because the term propaganda was created by the Nazis, but we couldn't start up propaganda firms here because everyone would be reminded of um, the Nazis in World War II. 
So we changed the name to public relations. But if someone says they work in public relations, what they're literally saying is the German translation of public relations is propaganda. Anyways, Joseph Goebbels was Hitler's number two guy. And he was an early behavioral scientist and understood behavioral science and how it can be used to woo, uh, woo the masses. And he had this famous saying, and he says, if you create a lie and you make the lie big enough and you keep repeating it, um, it will be accepted as truth. And that's essentially true. The brain, remember we remember I in, in the podcast Basic Bitch Behavioral Psychology, I go over one of the principles is commitment and consistency. And there's another principle called consensus. Now, if you mix two things, consensus and consistency, it fools the brain into thinking, well, this must be true because I keep hearing it and everybody is saying it. That was invented by a literal Nazi named Joseph Goebbels. He invented that technique, which is still being used now by the media. But event, but he, what he says is if you repeat a lie often enough, people will eventually begin to believe it as truth, whether or not it's based on facts or not. At the time when Julian Assange was getting quite a bit of traction for his leaks, they were also trying to smear his name as a rapist, etc. And that's why he was in the, the embassy. Remember, you know, every time you see him in the Ecuadorian embassy, you remember that's because he's a rapist, not because he's making the U.S. government look bad. And we're just going to keep repeating this over and over and over and over. And they would... You know, ensure the biggest movies had a rape scene in it, and then they would bring rape cases to the front of the line and the news cycle, etc., to keep reminding you. So just in case this guy ever breaks free or he gets large news coverage for something or a video goes viral or what have you, they've already pre-primed the public to already look at this man with disgust with a fake story that they keep repeating. They are priming the zeitgeist to get you ready to hate this person. The same thing that right now is going on is happening to Trump. They um, essentially took one situation and blew out of proportion so they could remind the public, they can prime the zeitgeist to remind us this is why he's the bad man, in case you forgot. So there are um, over-the-top utilization of using the Justice Department and um, essentially as, you know, a hammer to beat away whoever's in that, in the White House. Um, that's so, so they can essentially do that. Don't forget, though, Trump also used this at his disposal when he was in the White House. That's what the Twitter files revealed, by the way. So it's, it's, it's not a partisan thing. There's, partisan is a psyop. It's not real. It's the ruling class versus everybody else. Um, anyways, but that's essentially this man is going up to bat again for president. The man currently sitting in the White House is going to use everything at his disposal at the intelligence agency and our now weaponized Justice Department. Um, and using behavioral psychology to prime the zeitgeist to remind us, hey, this is why we're prosecuting him. This is why he's the bad man. This will also happen to you. If you try to go public with some information that will embarrass the government or embarrass a high-ranking politician, they will essentially have other media goons prime the zeitgeist. They will also prime the zeitgeist with keywords. They will prime the zeitgeist with visuals. They will prime the zeitgeist with uh, stories in the media. They will prime the zeitgeist with your name. So if your name is 
Derek or fucking Ryan or whatever, um, they'll slowly start percolating to the top of the news cycle. Bad things that people do, especially if their names happen to be Ryan or, you know, Timothy or whatever the fuck your name is, if you're leaking something, what have you, to start to prime, pre-prime the masses to already hate you before they even met you. So when they go to smear you and say, don't even listen to that guy in case you do gain traction with exposing their crimes, it's so you've already been primed. The zeitgeist, meaning the masses, you can only use the word zeitgeist when you're referring to the masses. The zeitgeist has already been primed to make people hate you before they even met you because they've been repeating recurrent themes, repeating slanderous versions of your name or other people who have your name who've committed crimes, um, etc. They will prime the zeitgeist just in case you do gain traction on information that will embarrass the government to ensure that the people don't want to listen to you and will not like you or accept you before they've even met you. That essentially is priming the zeitgeist. And that's something you should know because that's something you're going to go up against if you try to expose the government's crimes. That's it for this episode. I hope this message finds you as I broadcast from San Diego from deep inside the filter bubble. I want to thank you for listening as we pull back the curtain. Now, we are a zero-profit news project, not a 5013C nonprofit, but a zero-profit passion project. We don't make money doing this at all. So we don't have sponsors, but we do endorse necessities and organizations that are worth your time and money. So, you know, whether you're a target of COINTELPRO or just one of the 55,000 plus listeners to the podcast, I recommend getting yourself a Faraday bag. That's F-A-R-A-D-A-Y. A Faraday bag or a Faraday sleeve for your mobile device. They make Faraday backpacks and phone sleeves and even sleeves to put your key fobs in so you can put your laptops and your tablets and all sorts of things in these bags in different sizes. And, you know, especially for the key fobs, because as key fobs become more and more smarter, you know, your car keys, um, who knows what kind of tracking tech can be used maliciously in your car key fobs. So they actually make those as well. Uh, there are many brands. I don't recommend, I don't, and you know, recommend a particular brand. They all do the same thing, but there are brands out there called Mission Darkness, uh, Hadoofy, that's H-O-D-U-F-Y, um, Silent Pocket is another brand name, just to name a few. They all work the same, but they have different stitching and features and price points. So whatever brand you choose, you need to get yourself one as the security state is continuing to violate the constitution. And your God-given American rights to privacy. It's not about if you have nothing to hide. It's about the principle that the Fourth Amendment is not conditional. Now, did you know the Department of Homeland Security can put you on a domestic terror watch list just for homeschooling your kids outside the brainwashing and dumbed-down public school system? That's 100% a fact. Because of this, you know, I want to endorse the Ron Paul homeschool system. And you can find it at ronpaulhomeschool.com. It teaches your kids in domestic terror, such as critical thinking, comprehension, high standard education that surpasses the public school systems. And in levels above like third grade, I'm pretty sure the system is entirely video based and automated online. So it doesn't require mommy and daddy to be full time teachers. 
They can do this from a desk in their room on like an inexpensive Chromebook. Well, you can still grow like a home-based business, have a grandparent or childcare monitor, uh, monitor their day-to-day or whomever you see fit, and then allow them to have the important social stimulus at like an after-school program like the Boys and Girls Club, dance, sports, MMA, whatever. But overall, it's time for this country to raise thinkers and doers, not sheep and robots that reinforce the status quo, which is why I cannot enough recommend the Ron Paul homeschool system. Um, In addition to this, the Mesh News Project would like to recommend to families becoming a member of a mosque, a temple, or a Christian church. Even if you don't know what you believe or you don't believe anything at all, what public schools don't teach you is ethics. That's where church comes in. In many degree programs in higher education, there's often a course called ethics, but that's in higher education. You know, like business ethics, medical ethics, judicial ethics, etc. Where school school teaches, public school just teaches education, not even that well. Church fulfills the portion that's not covered in schools, and that is human ethics. So not only do churches provide ethics trainings for your kids, but it also gives them social interaction within the environment of high ethics. So even if you're not a believer, have that discussion with your kids, just like you did with Santa Claus. You know, this is overall, it's just an imperative ingredient for raising good people. And when they turn 18, tell them they can do whatever they want. But until then, their ass belongs to Jesus. And finally, we would also like to endorse, you know, shit hits the fan skills, like learning basic home and auto repair. Uh, learning how to do food and water storage. You can learn all that stuff like on YouTube and learn 3D printing and, you know, 3D printing for parts, etc., or even for firearms. You have to understand, you know, the pandemic really opened our eyes to, you know, the, the country could short, shut down in just the littlest of time. And you may not have access to many resources. Banks might be shut down. You know, who knows? But with 3D printing, you can go online to like places like the Gatalog. That's G-A-T, like Gats, Gatalog.com. And they can te- they teach you everything about 3D printing your own firearms. And they're legal. It's legal. It's within the law. It's not illegal. They're not ghost guns. Um, it's legal within the law or they wouldn't be able to exist. Go to the Gatalog and other online resources. And, you know, also if things shut down, you might need to print things like parts, replacement parts, whatever. So 3D printing, absolutely. Um, Aside from basic like food and water storage skills and home and auto repair skills is an imperative. Um, It's just like insurance. You know what I'm saying? You pay insurance for your car and your home, etc. Just in case you need skills that are insurance. Now, Mesh News is a zero profit production. And you can find out more about us at meshnews.org. And I recommend watching our annual documentary, 2030 Vision. You can find it at the front page of our website. That's meshnews, M-E-S-H-N-E-W-S dot org. Now, if you take anything away from this podcast, I want you to understand, like gospel, it's not red versus blue, brown versus white, LGBTQ versus breeders, or you versus your neighbors. It's always been and always will be the haves versus the have-nots. You are the only thing that's real. Narratives are the delusions. Fear, love, and time is the only currency. I'm Stephen Beckman, and I hope this message finds you as I broadcast from San Diego. 
from deep inside the filter bubble.